0: Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story, this is The Point
1: representatives from over 40 countries and international organizations have attended a two-day meeting hosted by saudi arabia on the conflict in ukraine in a short statement released after the meeting saudi arabia said the participants agreed on the importance of continuing international consultations and exchanging opinions in order to build a common ground that will pave the way for peace the meeting has been seen as the latest effort by ukraine to seek international support for a 10-point peace formula it laid out late last year. Now, China sent Li Hui, its special representative on Eurasian Affairs, to participate in the meeting, indicating, according to China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, its readiness to help facilitate a political resolution to the crisis. So, why has Saudi Arabia hosted this meeting? Who were the attendees and what have been accomplished? Welcome to this special edition of The Point with me, Liu Xin, coming to you from Beijing. I'm pleased to be joined in the studio here in the Chinese capital, by Victor Gao, Chair Professor at Sooto University, from uh, Washington D.C., Joseph Williams, former Senior Editor at the U.S. News and World Report, and from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, Salman Al Ansari, a geopolitical affairs researcher. Gentlemen, welcome to the point. First of all, Victor, let me go to you whose meeting exactly has this been? Uh, who is behind the wheels driving this meeting?
2: First of all, I think we need to give credit to Saudi Arabia for hosting this very important international meeting about the future of Ukraine. And the fact that Ukraine itself attends and China also attends means that this meeting is of great importance and the momentum is there to pave the way for eventual peace and ending the war in Ukraine through diplomacy. Now, the fact that Russia is not there is also a very significant thing and Russia uh, these days is calling for continuation of the war to achieve its goal in Ukraine by crushing the Ukrainian government. Uh, Therefore, I think this meeting hosted by Saudi Arabia becomes especially important in laying the groundwork for eventual negotiation. And it is real time to end the war in peace and in negotiation and in diplomacy. Therefore, I think the fact that Saudi Arabia is doing the hosting and the fact that Saudi Arabia is so important as a Muslim country, Arab country, the spiritual leader of the Islam world, for example, and one of the very important countries in the APEC framework, and also, A very good friend of Russia and uh, APEC plus is becoming more and more important, not only for all the APEC countries, but also for major oil producing country like Russia means that Saudi Arabia can really exercise a lot of influence.
1: But was it, yeah, was it Ukraine's initiative Was this meeting Ukraine's initiative? Uh, In the words of the United States, who's behind the driving
2: seat? I personally don't think it is uh, all the way up to Ukraine to drive this uh, international conference. Why? Because Ukraine's demand is very clear. They want to reclaim all land. They want to join NATO and they want to become, for example, very much alienated against Russia. But whether that will lead to peace is doubtful. And I don't think Saudi Arabia will follow the script completely out of Kiev, because it will use its own wisdom, its own impact and international influence to pave the way for the eventual peaceful resolution of the conflict. Mm. And that conflict will eventually need to bring both Ukraine and whichever countries behind it and Russia onto the table.
1: Okay, Mr. Al Ansari, your perspective on the same question. I mean, Saudi Arabia clearly hosted the meeting, sent out the invitation, facilitated the exchange of opinions. But uh, was this Ukraine's initiative? Was this Russia's initiative? Obviously not. Was this the United States' initiative? Was it Saudi Arabian initiative? And also, it was close to the media. Uh, what can we tell about that?
3: I believe it's actually a Saudi initiative because from day one. From the very start of the crisis, uh, the Kingdom of Arabia and specifically the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman has uh, voiced his concerns with regards to this conflict and also offered his mediation uh, role. And I think when it comes to this summit, the Jeddah summit, I think the world has made a mistake when it dealt with the Ukrainian crisis from a political standpoint. The world uh, kept relying on traditional politicians and diplomats. And uh, the basis of this crisis is security. So, security always comes before politics. And you know the expression, the cart before the horse. And Saudi Arabia has put the horse before the cart by having the top security advisors of 42 countries to discuss this conflict and to find solution for it. So, and also there was a precedence of that in 1979 between uh, Egypt and Israel. The heads of states gathered in Camp David and then later signed a peace treaty in Washington, D.C. After many rounds of talks between the top security officials of both countries definitely there are differences in these two conflicts because this conflict the Ukrainian one is very institution, or very internationalized and and with multi-dimensional complexities but one of the things I actually liked about this summit is that it didn't have a public statement afterwards why do I say that because Well, we'll get to that in just a moment.
1: We'll get to that in just a moment, Mr. Ansari. Let me get to our our guest in the United States, Mr. Williams. What is your take? Because we have seen indications that this meeting was called for by Ukraine, but hosted by Saudi Arabia. And also, the reason why I keep asking this question is because it seems, at least before the meeting started or while it was going on, all the international uh, mainstream media. I mean, we're talking about a ten-point peace formula, which is. Ukraine's version. So it would be it it sounds a bit odd for me if it is a Saudi Arabia initiative, but it it want to discuss, you know, uh, his formula that's um, the Ukraine version.
4: Well, Ukraine and Saudi Arabia have had diplomatic relations. Uh, Saudi Arabia has uh, seen that it's in its best interest to try to resolve to try to mediate an end to this war and and try to broker it without Russia at the table. Uh, I think the, the, the big takeaway here is that there are a lot of players with a lot of different agendas. Everybody who was at the meeting representing different regions of the globe all have their own interest as to why the war should come to an end and to as to why they should uh, be influential in, in in making that discussion i mean if you look at the country from the global south africa and so forth they want the russian the ukrainian grain because they're fearing that there's going to be starvation uh Saudi Arabia, they were basically at the driver's wheel at the behest of Ukraine because they are influential with Russia, they're also influential with the Global South. And I think most notably, China and the US were at the table, mainly because they have their own geopolitical conflicts going on, and it's in their best interest to work together to try to bring an end to the war. I know that China was has, has kind of soured because they believe that Russia had sold them a bill of goods in that it was going to be a quick war with a quick resolution and a quick victory. It's been anything but, it's been long, bloodied, and drawn out. So basically, you have a bunch of countries, four different regions of the globe, everyone's arriving with their own agenda. And the Saudis were behind the wheel because it's in their interest well, to look like they're brokering the peace well, yeah, to try again, to get more influence on the global stage. I,
1: I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, anybody who can answer this question, if it is Saudi Arabia who's hosting, who's taking this initiative, why was Russia not invited to the table?
4: Um, I think Russia wasn't invited so because there could be a frank discussion because you've got a lot of different agendas at work. And I think in order to get China to the table, you had to keep Russia out in order to allow some frank discussions behind closed doors about what really needs to happen. I also think it was very important for Ukraine to not have Russia there because it wants to present its side of the story and bolster as much support as it can from the conflicted global south in order to make its agenda at the top of the peace deal.
1: All right, Mr. Ansari. Ansari.
3: I think the role of a mediator requires some traits and, or better say, qualities, and such as integrity, neutrality, and respect from all conflicting parties. And I suppose that the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia enjoys all these traits. And it's true that Russia was not present in the summit, but the Russians have voiced their opinion about it positively, which is a great thing. And I think the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman is clearly so eager to engage in helping the world to resolve this war. I suppose the Saudis will. Actually, take uh, some firm stances with both Ukraine and Russia, and most probably in closed rooms style, to push both countries to take some measures and compromises, and perhaps painful compromises. And and the Saudis will, I think, I suppose, that they will be tough uh, with their partners because it's going to be for their sake. And I remember a saying, actually, of uh, Prophet Muhammad. He said, peace be upon him, he said, making peace justly between two parties is an act of charity and i think the saudis actually want to uh, activate their role as a mediator between uh, these
2: two nations because it's very important for global security
1: it was not obvious to me Uh, victor your take
2: well first of all i think we need to uh, very much appreciate the wisdom and courage and vision of saudi arabia and i don't think this jeddah summit or jeddah meeting will be turned into a anti-russia a global alliance because that's not in Saudi Arabia's interest at all and that will not help peacefully solve the conflict or the war in Ukraine to start with now the fact that saudi arabia has very close relations with russia uh, between the two governments between the leadership of the two countries as well as as far as their cooperation about crude oil is concerned also speaks loudly to the fact that saudi arabia genuinely wants to play a role of mediation to help pave the way for eventual peaceful talk between russia and ukraine eventually one thing is absolutely certain without Russia's participation, uh, there will be no peaceful resolution of this war, and Russia eventually will need to be invited to any negotiation table which wants to achieve the peaceful end of the war in Ukraine. Therefore, I think we really need to admire and appreciate the very sensitive and delicate role that Saudi Arabia is playing right now. Of
1: course, of course. Uh, Mr. Grobler, who's uh, joining us from Pretoria, South Africa, Gert Johannes Grobler, former senior diplomat and former senior research fellow at the Institute for Africa Studies at Zhejiang Normal University in China. Thank you very much for joining us. We have been spending the last 12 minutes trying to figure out whose meeting was this? Was, was it a Ukrainian initiative? Was this Saudi Arabia? Of course, Saudi Arabia hosted the meeting, but uh, who was behind the initiative of this meeting?
0: Well, I think the it has a, a, a bit of a background. You may recall that President Zelensky went to Saudi Arabia in May right. to attend the Arab League. And I think uh, in the discussion, with the Saudis and and Crown Prince Salman, this matter obviously came up because of the concern around the world of conflict in Ukraine. So I think that that was the beginning of that Uh, and of course the Saudis I know also talked to the Americans, they talked to the European Union and of course they talked to China with whom they have good relations. In fact, it was at the time when China brokered a deal between Saudi Arabia and Iran. So I think it has a number of, of origins, if you can call it that. Then there was the meeting in Copenhagen in June, which was attended by about 15 countries. So I think all this jointly led to, to this meeting where the Saudis decided Seeing that they have good relations with China, with Russia, with Ukraine, that they would go forward with us. And uh, the only concern is that, looking from a South African point of view, is that it seems that President Zelensky has now taken his plan and put his plan on the table as the issue that needs to be discussed there are other plans There, you know the Africa plan there's the the China plan uh, and so forth I don't think Africa was very happy to see that and didn't want this event in Jeddah to be turned into an anti-Russia event this was supposed to be an event where all these countries got together In fact, it's not only America, it was the EU, it was countries from Africa, a number of BRICS countries. So that's a step in the right direction. But uh, I think as we go forward, looking at the outcome of this uh, JEDI meeting, uh, there will have to be a lot of discussion and thinking on how to more effectively take this okay. Process this peace process forward.
1: Yeah, thank you, Mr. Grobler. So basically, there is a three-step approach that's been uh, shaped or envisioned let's say by Ukraine as to how the 10-point proposal that I mentioned can be put into realization first of all is to call on the envoys of different countries in Kiev to talk to them and then to have the national security advisors and uh, top security officials meeting with Kyiv and then finally a global peace summit so-called before the end of this year um, Mr. Ansari it seems that things are unfolding according to this plan Plan. First of all, was this a Ukrainian plan? Secondly, how feasible is such a plan? Because there's a conflict between Russia and Ukraine or Russia versus the West. Why the end game being a global peace summit? You're not going to have a global peace negotiations here.
3: I think uh, going back to the idea of like it's the plan of Zelensky or it's the plan of Saudi Arabia. or I think we are simplifying the matter here. Why I'm saying so? Because, yes, there was no public uh, statement afterward. And that's actually one of the positive things, because one of the major things with regards to conflict resolution is to save face. And the Kingdom of Arabia and most of the countries there, they actually wanted to save the faces of uh, the conflicting parties. So that's a very important aspect. And it's a way through which you can actually build up a peace kind of plan in closed rooms that's number one number two maybe people got to see or sense that it was mostly like centered around uh, the grievances of Ukraine without going and exploring the grievances of Russia that's true why because most of the people who actually commented in the media after the event uh, they were um, from the nato from uh, uh, the western bloc etc and they were mentioning a lot the idea of the 10 points plan of uh, ukraine does that mean the countries that were there were all in agreement not at all actually there were a lot of reports that were talking about like how there were a lot of uh, disagreements but in good faith they were discussing things in good faith which is a good uh, step so we should not be Putting that no, I'm not I'm not summit.
1: talking about yeah I don't think yeah, uh, yeah I think uh, my question really is is that the right direction to go is that the right direction to go is to have everybody talk about a piece the possibility of a of a resolution based on one side's version or is it everybody voicing their very different opinions and then bye bye let's go home and uh, business as usual
3: Yeah I think it was not possible at that point to have Russia in the very beginning Definitely it would be better if we can have all the conflicting parties in the same place. The Russians have actually told uh, the media that they were they are going to discuss with the uh, BRICS uh, countries that were uh, attending, the South, South Africa, China and, and Brazil, uh, like all the outcomes and things uh, that are related to this uh, peace. Sometimes when you want to make peace, you need to have a specific party to speak with them and to discuss every uh, single detail about their demands and then go to the other party And then you can actually uh, follow up with a a comprehensive uh, peace kind of summit. And but what should we expect now? I think perhaps a a war prisoners exchange, uh, trust building mechanisms, and it can actually be slow but effective. And other measures that can actually be taken and there are a lot of optimism i think uh, from both sides
1: mr williams sorry yeah let me go to mr williams what is your expectation do you think this meeting really achieved anything made headways in terms of finding a political resolution to the conflict
4: well i think the 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 answer is yes and no it is complex because a if you want to have peace everyone has to be talking so the mere fact that you had uh partners that had conflict at the table Russia, the United, rather the United States and China, I think that's a very positive step. Russia was not the there. Fact is that, well, no, I, I, I misspoke. I meant China and the U.S. who have their own diplomatic uh, issues with one another to s- have them but sit exactly down the, the table. But exactly is the problem.
1: Russia is not there being one of the warring yeah, sides.
4: Yeah. Th- right. And I think that that's a, a, a sign that people are trying to find some resolution that would end the peace. Russia has made itself very known. It's made its position very well known. But I think that any time you have parties that are talking, I think it's a good thing. Now is it going to achieve something? We don't know. I mean, in the short term, probably not in the longer term, at least some dialogue channels have been opened up. All All the cards are on the table and then they can go to other places and talk more with Russia about what they need in order to stop the war.
1: Okay. Um, v- Victor, uh, I guess your opinion is that talking is good, that people should continue talking. What is your take?
2: Well, first What of all, has
1: been achieved specifically?
2: Well, first of all, uh, the Jeddah meeting is a very important step in the right direction. Is it, it? Is, it is a necessary but not sufficient uh, uh, means, but it really uh, flares up the very importance of talks Uh, leading towards peaceful ending of the war now whether russia personally uh, participated in this jeddah meeting or not it's not the most important thing as far as russia is concerned the 10-point proposal uh, put forward by ukraine is a dead end because russia will never accept all these points as proposed by Ukraine but that's not the end of the whole process because when you hit the brick wall that's the beginning of new thinking and countries need to regroup and uh, re-initiate their own process which will eventually lead to more common ground to be identified so I think it's a positive step but it's not sufficient to achieve peace Uh,
1: Mr Grobler, the question is very simple my question is very simple: is it in the right direction
2: well not to talk is always
0: better to make war. I think Churchill said, you know, rather jaw, jaw than war, war. Uh, I think this was a first step, and I repeat the first step to move towards a negotiated settlement, which uh, I think the whole world wants to see. But I want to repeat what I said, and I agree uh, with previous uh, commentator that maybe it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't possible to bring uh, Russia to the table now. But you have to bring Russia to the table. Absolutely. Because if you look, look at Zelensky's plan, and you, you look at what Russia is saying, and also what is contained in the Japanese and the, and the Chinese plan, and what's, what's contained in the, in, the, in the Africa plan, it talks. It talks about. It talks about the need to have a dialogue. It needs to have a fair and a balanced dialogue. Now, in order to reach an agreement and a negotiated settlement, you have to talk to the Russians about their concerns on security. Right. They'll have to look at a new European security architecture. That, that that's one of the most vital things, in in the way forward. You will you will have to talk to them about yeah. their concerns about the Russians in Donbass in, in the yeah,
1: Sorry to in, interrupt. Is there any mention of of Russia's security concern in the Ukraine plan?
0: Not really. Uh, you know, the I think the two the two key issues in taking forward this this peace process is the issue that Zelensky, President Zelensky is saying they want the immediate restoration of Ukraine's territorial integrity and their land, which means they want the Donbass, they want Crimea. Now that is probably one of the the most critical issues And Russia's views on this must be sought. What happened to the people in the Donbas before, uh, 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 18 months ago, when Russia moved into into Ukraine? Those things must all be discussed. The security concerns Mm. of Russia needs to be discussed. And that I come back to what is absolutely essential. And a lot of people, including President Macron, I've alluded to that. There needs to be a new security architecture right. which takes into consideration yeah. the legitimate concerns mm. of yeah. everyone.
1: Okay, um, time very limited. I want to mention China's role here. As I said in the beginning, China sent a special envoy on Eurasian affairs, Mr. Li Hui, to the meeting. Um, Victor, um, why did China? Considered to attend because in Copenhagen the previous round of similar meetings China didn't attend Why China attended this time and does China's attendance was considered reportedly a super breakthrough by the Ukrainian side? Um, Do you think China's appearance really means that China is endorsing anything?
2: First of all the Jeddah meeting and the Copenhagen meeting are fundamentally different I think the Copenhagen meeting is more or less anti-Russia in its nature The Jeddah meeting is really trying its best to pave the way for an eventual, objective, realistic, peaceful resolution. It is not sufficient to achieve that goal yet, but China's view is very clear. China supports any genuine effort leading towards peaceful resolution of the war in Ukraine. And China doesn't say that my proposal is the best. My proposal, the Chinese proposal is the perfect. China wants to support any initiative, any diplomatic effort, which are genuine in its nature and which will pave the way for the truce, for the ceasefire and for eventual peace.
1: How do you look at Ukraine uh, taking credit of the fact that China is attending this time?
2: It is great. It is uh, very positive that uh, Ukraine is appreciative of China's uh, participation in this Jeddah meeting. I think Ukraine is very eager to bring China along and they want to have more Chinese support for the Ukrainian position. On the other hand, China is very realistic, very pragmatic. China believes no peace can be achieved unless consideration will be given to the legitimate considerations of both sides about the pros and cons of the situation, especially about what we call the Eastern Expansion of NATO.
1: Mr. Williams, um, quickly on the role of the United States, Jake Sullivan, U.S. National Security Advisor, is at the meeting. Um, He has been visiting Jeddah, visiting Saudi Arabia in the the past few months, very intensively. What is the role the United States is playing here? The 10-point peace proposal, uh, honestly speaking, has been interpreted not as um, Ukraine's proposal, but U.S. and Western Europe's formula for what's going to happen. And uh, commentators are saying it's simply no-go for Russia.
4: Well, I think the U.S.'s role is to support Ukraine and try to bring the West along. Uh, they were the representative of NATO. They have Zelensky's back, so to speak. And I think that that's what their main purpose at that meeting was, to demonstrate that the West is involved and does want peace, but also bolster Ukraine's plan to have that peace. So I think Sullivan's uh, uh, uh Presence there was very influential. I think it will go a long way towards getting things resolved. But again, you do need Russia at the table before anything can be completely settled. But they're, uh, doing the, you know, to be
1: they're saying one thing but doing the other because the, the, the peace formula that Ukraine is tabling on behalf of the West is definitely a no-go for Russia. I don't understand that. But anyway, we have to leave it there. Many thanks to my guest, Victor Gao, Joseph Williams, Gerd johannes Grobler, and uh, someone else and sari joining us from different parts of the world thank you very much for being with us and with that we come to the end of this edition of the point with me Liu shin as always you can follow me on facebook and twitter using the handle xin in beijing you've got the point